Today I get to, uh, the privilege of introducing one of my best friends. Um, if you know Nolan Baker, uh, you may know him for his uh, just funny humor or his dry humor um, or his ability to make anyone in a room laugh, right? Um, and, I, and while I know him for those things too, uh, I also know him, know him for uh, his incredibly big heart. Uh, Baker will do anything for anyone at any time. Um, and he's one of the best friends that I could ever ask for. If you don't know Baker, I encourage you to get to know Baker um, because I know he will impact your life in an incredible way. Um, I encourage you all uh, to put away any distraction today and just uh, listen to him because I know you'll walk away with um, something special if you do. So without further ado, Nolan Baker. Ooh. Good morning, LCU. Oh, this moves. So to start out this morning, I'm going to read y'all a, a quick story. So this is the story of me. My name is Nolan Baker. I was born in Abilene, Texas, and raised in the small town of Merkel. I was raised an only child by my parents, Sammy and Patty Baker. Being an only child came with many expectations. Perfection in school was expected. Any misbehavior was not tolerated whatsoever. My parents were deeply involved in my life, so much so that there were times I felt like they knew more about what was going on in my life than I did. As a child, I was very fortunate, and my parents were able to take care of me and provide. But I faced a different set of challenges. For starters, I was very shy and very quiet, so I struggled to make friends. On top of that, I had a pretty severe speech impediment that kept me from being able to physically talk to people at times. I was judged, ridiculed, and bullied for this. I was portrayed as a weirdo. People didn't look at me the same that they looked at other people. It felt like kids would be nice to me because they had to or because the teacher told them to do so. It just seemed so fake, especially when I reflect on it today in hindsight. My first B came in my English and reading class because I couldn't talk right. Just imagine making 100 on every single assignment, but you got a B because you couldn't say your S's, your C's, or your CH's. I had teachers and students against me. My parents got mad at me because of the struggle to talk the right way. I felt like everyone was against me, and this was when I hadn't even reached the age of 10 years old. This took a significant toll on me, even more so than everything else I already had. These struggles and frustrations continued until the last day of seventh grade. After the award ceremony, my family packed our bags and moved to the even smaller town of Stanford, Texas. This was the biggest and most important change I could have experienced. Eighth grade was kind of the same as the previous seven grades, seven grades, but when I got to high school, everything changed for the better. I started consistently going to church for the first time in my entire life. It became a regular part of my schedule. It was no longer a hassle and something that I did just once a month. The preacher was one of my best friends, fathers, um, Wes Horn, father of Noah Horn. I'm sure you know him. I remember getting my class, skipping over, I remember getting my class schedule before freshman year, um, and the ag teacher handed it to me. He was also the father of one of my other best friends. And my ag teacher said this, I saw they put you in that cooking class, so I switched you over to my ag class. Interesting. <laughs> so fast forward to my first day of ag class, and the teacher hands us the FFA creed and says, memorize the first paragraph. We had to memorize the first paragraph and deliver it in front of a whole class, which was about 20-plus people. This was my worst nightmare, speaking people, speaking in front of people. I mean, it couldn't have been more terrifying. But before class one day, my teacher handed me a pencil and said, put this in your mouth and don't take it out until after class. So after a few weeks of talking with a pencil in my mouth for 45 minutes a day, my speech impediment was mostly gone. 
this was my first huge victory. On the other side of things, I started getting voluntold by my preacher to do things at church. Reading scripture, praying, helping serve communion. It was at this church where I was first introduced to Encounter Church Camp here on LCU's campus. One of the many blessings that I got through this church, the more things I did, the further up I moved. I started getting involved in speaking contests and FFA. I started doing Sunday morning and Wednesday night classes as opposed to just reading scripture. And the pinnacle for me at church was the first time that I got to do the sermon when our preacher was gone. And it was actually over this exact same topic. I finally started to win at life. I found something I was passionate about. Public speaking and sharing God's word. I ended my high school career at an all-time high. But then, as many of you know, this quickly changed when I decided to go to West Texas A&M University. I hit an all-time low. I chose WT because I didn't want to go to LCU and follow my friends. And I ended up having the worst semester of my entire life. My parents finally called me um, in late November and said, we just want you to be happy. We, we hate that you're hurting so bad. We want you to be happy. We want you to transfer to LCU if that's what you want to do. And immediately I gave a resounding yes, 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 yes. That is what I want to do. And I vividly remember to this day calling my preacher in the Walmart parking lot in Small Canyon, Texas, bawling my eyes out for about 45 minutes and telling him that I was transferring to LCU. I remember specifically that I said these exact words. I said, Wes... I'm finally going home. LCU was the next best decision that I ever made. Since being, in, since being here, I've been involved in so many things, and a few of those, Alpha Chi Delta, I served as a counselor at Encounter, Pine Springs, I've gotten involved in Bud Ministries this semester, and the list goes on and on. And then finally, I'm here, right in front of you all today, accomplishing my number one goal since I've been here at LCU, and that is speaking at chapel. So... That's a little bit about my life story, and that brings me to my question today. What is a coincidence? Well, if you type it into Google, a coincidence is a remarkable occurrence of events or circumstances without apparent casual connection. Without apparent casual connection. So just random events. If I had a nickel for every time I heard the phrases, that is crazy, or that is such a coincidence, or it is too good to be true, I'm here to tell you, that this is an earthly definition, and it is indeed not too good to be true. The Bible has a profound definition for a coincidence. In Greek, the word coincidence is made up of two words that I'm not going to dare butcher, but they mean what occurs in God's providential arrangement of circumstances. Fancy wording, so I had to break it down for myself a little bit. To me, this is saying that it is a coincidence is what occurs by God's favorable time or clock. God has a clock. He has a map for our lives, and these things happen according to his timeline. His plan develops through these things that we call coincidences throughout our lives. Finding this kind of made me reflect on what I thought may have been some of these coincidental things that happened to me. The first being an only child. Growing up with a speech impediment, moving schools, getting involved at church, getting involved in public speaking, going to encounter, choosing WT, transferring to LCU, getting involved at LCU, all the things I've been involved in. And then another one, a most recent one, has been lifting weights and dieting, helping with my mental health um, and being more comfortable in my own skin. And then finally getting the opportunity to speak at chapel this morning. Believe it or not, I know a lot of you are going to be surprised by this, but I started out as a shy, serious, quiet, not funny bookworm. My day consisted of going to school, going home, doing my homework immediately and finishing it, and then either playing video games or watching Star Wars Episode (laughs) 3. Now, 
I am a personable, goofy, sarcastic, fun, eager, and what other uh, colorful adjectives that my friends would probably describe me as. You can kind of put those two together. But I'm telling you this story not so that you will look at me and think, wow, I mean, he is awesome. He changed, like he turned his life around. That's not why I'm doing this. I don't want to gloat and say I'm the best ever. Like I completely changed my life around. I want to give you a story that you can relate to. I want to be vulnerable because it's something that I enjoy doing. I want to show you that coincidences aren't accidents. A coincidence is a part of God's plan for us. So here's the thing. These coincidences, these moments that happen in our life that seem too good to be true, we have to own them. We have to embrace these things. We have to take them and run with them as if they're a slap in the face from God to say, hey, wake up, look right in front of you. Or if it's one of those wake-up calls when you feel that you're in a situation that you don't need to be in, that you may need to remove yourself from, then use it as that and run with it and get out of that situation. But God has his plan for us, and that is what should, should give us hope, following uh, this year's chapel theme is hope. These events, no matter how big or small, fuel our hope and our passion. Worldly things should not have our focus. If we sit back in cruise control and let things happen, then we're going to miss out on the opportunities that God puts right in front of us. If we get too involved with the temporary hope and satisfaction of the worldly things, then everything's going to go wrong. We're going to get caught in an endless loop of temporary satisfaction, temporary joy, temporary passion, and then it's just going to go away. It's going to end up being a whole lot of nothing. God is the only thing that can truly fill the hole that we have in our hearts. So here's my challenge. If you see a moment that you need to seize, especially if it seems too big, too good to be true, I beg you, take it and run with it as fast as you possibly can. It wouldn't have happened if it wasn't meant to be. It would not have happened. It's part of God's plan. Don't get stuck in cruise control. Don't fall into this temporary relief, endless loop of things that are just going to end poorly for you. When I was talking to Josh and Keisha about this yesterday, Keisha asked me, what is something that you've learned since the first time you preached this message? So I kind of thought about this for a second and kind of reflected, and I realized just how many opportunities I've missed out on that have been right in front of me. And the realization of that is probably my biggest regret in life. I regret a lot of things that I've done, but what I regret the most is the things that I missed out on, the experiences, the people that I've missed out on, the chance of meeting, all of the above. Um, I learned that if it's right there in front of you, why not reach out and grab it? I don't want to let anything else go by the wayside because I was distracted or didn't care or was too lazy to try and pursue it. What is, here's another question that she asked me. What is something that is giving you hope right now? I think the biggest thing giving me hope right now is real and genuine relationships with people that care about me and care about God. Real conversations. I am a big people person, and my friends know that. Um, I've made a lot of lifelong friends being here at LCU, especially, especially in the last summer, last few months. I've met people that I know 20 years from now, when I'm having a bad day coaching at whatever high school I'm coaching at, I can call and say, hey, dude, life sucks right now. Like, I need some help. What do you have to say? I've distanced myself from the relationships that are on the opposite end of that spectrum, the ones that I know won't be very productive in the future and aren't meaningful whatsoever. I cherish people, and I need people. People and experiences are what is providing me hope. My goals in life, I hope to be the best friend that I can possibly be. 
the person that's there for you whenever you need them, even if you haven't talked to them for a day, a week, however long it's been. I want to be that person that you know that you can call, text, Snapchat, whatever, if you need something desperately. Nextly, I want to be the best boyfriend and husband that I can possibly be. I want to cherish my wife and make her feel like she is on top of the world. You know, I just want to do that. And then with that, I want to be the best father that I can be. I want to be that guardian and that protector for my kids just as my dad was for me. I want to protect them from the world and show them the right way to live, and that is through Christ. And that leads me to my last big hope for life. I want to be the biggest, baddest, most fearless, recklessly loving, caring follower of Christ that I can be. So LCU, I want to leave you with this this morning. God is doing things in your life, even when you feel like he's not. It's up to you to figure out what you're going to do with that. If life is going good, then know that it is God doing something in your life, and he wants you to see this and act on it immediately. He wants you to see it. If life is looking bleak or dry, this is him telling you, maybe you need to reflect. Maybe you need to change some things about yourself. Maybe you need to find yourself out of this situation. So don't ignore the obvious. Coincidences are 100% on purpose. They are meant to give you a reason to hope, a reason to believe. You have to realize this and jump at it at the first opportunity. I'm going to leave you with this one last thing. It's never too good to be true, but it is indeed too big, too obvious, too immaculate to ignore. So I want to thank you for your time. Go out there and find how God is trying to give you hope in your life. Enhance it. It's going to make life a whole lot easier. Love you, LCU. You are dismissed.